Hello. We are glad you found us. Please sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to When Life Attacks. So I don't usually like to come in on somber music, especially after a long layoff. Uh, I'm James Hamilton. I'm Travis McFalls. If you have not heard, uh, Dolores O'Riordan, yes, lead singer of the Cranberries, 46, died today. 40, I didn't realize she was only 10 years older than me. Well, she's uh, not 10 years older than me. <laughs> Not ten, like yeah, you you probably half that gap. Most of my siblings are older than Dolores. Yeah, I'm not, but she could easily be my sister. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, she'd be like a cool aunt to me or something. Yeah, no real explanation why she died. No, nothing, dude. Yeah, it just sort of came out of the blue. I was just checking my feed, and then, bam. She like another one's gone. I, <laughs> did you uh, while you were in, in your absence? Did you ever hear Cheese talk about how he feels when celebrities die? <laughs> yeah, just the cold nature <laughs> that, of his that harsh. Yeah, yeah, like like he just barely miss a beat. I, I didn't know him. <laughs> in his his, his rationalization was both that he didn't know them and that. Well, you know, the longer you go on through life, the more you're going to lose people. And every year there's going to be an exponential more, yeah. more people within your age group to pass away. And it does make sense when it comes to like a lot of the rock stars that we grew up on. Some of them. I mean, how the fuck is Keith Richards still alive? I don't know. That's been, that's been the golden question, I think, throughout the decades of rock and roll. How is that guy still alive? Then we have some 46 like I'd heard she'd had some health problems last year. Like they had to cancel a leg of Wasn't tour. it a fucking back problem? She's but, had a back problem. Yeah. That, yeah. And then, um, gone, gone back problem. Gone. Like I'm waking up in the morning. It, it's fucking cold out here in Minnesota. We're in single degree temperatures. I wake up in the morning. My, my knees are a little tight. Like, does, does that mean like it's, it's coming? Could do you don't want to start stretching a shoulder out or anything? Like, oh, what's this pain in my shoulder? Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> no, no, that's not good. I don't want it. No, so this, you know, it, it does, it just gets you thinking because it's not like you know, it was like a, a drug thing, at least we don't know that it's a drug thing. But usually, when they go, you know, it's like, oh, he was like 28 years old, typically 27, they're always 27. See how you kind of went, it almost sounds to your, to the tone of your voice. Like you're talking about a male, like, okay, he was 27. We could almost get around that. Cause yeah. like, oh, it's a boy. So irresponsible living Yeah, 27, 28. We automatically jump to drugs, right? Like we're mm. drinking. Well, we had Janice, Janice, drugs and drinking 27. Heavy. Like, yeah. Like b- big, big, major uh, league. Big, drinking. Yeah. She whew. like point, uh. <laughs> Uh, was it point four three four one? What was her fucking blood alcohol? Uh, four three two. Four three two or four three two. Yeah, 
three, four, was it four, three? The guy it was, was high four, as fuck. Yeah. I've, I've forgotten. It's been so long since I've mentioned the fall down drunk of uh, Obi's past, but that's explainable. Yeah. Yeah. That's explainable. The, what was it? Katie, not Katie Perry. Point four, alive. three, two. You're right. Point. Yeah. Right. Four, three, two. Yep. Um, and then who was the other one? Uh, not going to go to no, rehab. No, 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 no. Amy Winehouse. Yeah. <laughs> Like other drunk celebrities are like, fuck, you know, she should really maybe <laughs> chill out. Yeah. Like when those guys go, you're just kind of like, yeah, like not really a shocker. We had, we had warnings. Yes. Uh, with her, like got some soreness in my back. Okay. You know, cause it's like, okay, well maybe was she taking opioids for the back. So now pain? we're trying to explain it. Exactly. The publicist just said, uh, she just suddenly died. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, give the family some privacy. God, you know, when you live publicly, is that, is that in the cards? I don't think it is. I think for the family, I, I think it's a nice thing to do for the family. Leave the family the fuck alone. But if I check out, I expect but, you to come on the show and go, don't say, well, out of respect for Jim, we're not going to tell you. He <laughs> a fucking cardiac arrest. He got in a car accident. He did opiates. Yeah. You know, whatever it is, bad mushrooms. Right. You right. tell him. I you will. tell him what killed me. Same here. Don't fuck with him if you don't. Yeah. It's in same here. You know, I, I just know the truth. You know, he motherfucker just slipped in the shower and he was stupid. He spent too much time in that shower. I told him, Travis, you got to stop getting your ideas in the shower. If it's embarrassing, do I still have the okay? Well, obviously, there's, you know, probably grumps or someone is finding me like, damn, Travis has been in the shower for like two hours. That's that's longer than ever. Like if you violently masturbate yourself to dehydration and that's how they find you. Is that something <laughs> you want me to stand behind? Or do you want me to say, I think he slipped. I, I think he slipped. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, you could, I, it's doubtful many people have died that way. That is something. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to go. I suppose. I mean, you know, just, just, I don't know. Clear my internet history before, before you Everyone call my mom. Everyone says that. Yeah. Everyone says that. Clear. Even though my internet history is pretty clear. Are you browsing private over there? Or? I, uh, no, no, no. Going no. incognito or? No, my, my phone just gums up if I have too long of history. Like it, it seems to like load better when I clear my history, hmm. maybe once a week or so. Hmm. Yeah. We've not memorialized Dolores very well. We know. She gave a, she gave a contribution, uh, her music to me. And what for you, you and I were just kind of before we went on. Oh yeah. I mean, they were fucking huge and I, I didn't realize how young she was when they blew up. Like, God, if she's 10 years older than me, I remember I was in eighth grade, the eighth grade talent show. And uh, so what are you in eighth grade? 14. So she would have been 24 at that time. And zombie was huge. You couldn't. I mean, it was always on MTV, VH1, the radio. See, 91 was 28 years ago. She was 18, 17. Yeah, 18. Because I feel like it was mid, mid early 90s, like 92, 93 in there. Zombie, zombie. I remember specifically was in middle school because that was when I got busted. Was, so I was at home quite a bit watching MTV. Was it new to you or was it new? Um, it was off the second. It wasn't off the album with Linger. 
Well, it was off the the follow up, the album where they're all like on the couch, had a white cover, and they're all on the couch. I want you to take a look at this picture from the cranberries of her. Those of you that want to follow along, just go to Twitter and go to at the cranberries or it's that underscore cranberries. Do you see this picture of her? Yeah, she looks. She looks like she could be dead. Yeah, she does. That's <laughs> not she nice. She kind of does. She's got a certain, I don't know. She looks like gaunt. She looks a little aged. She looks like speed. Like if you did a lot of speed. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to jump to conclusions. I'm right, kill her, right. But speed feels like the leading <laughs> culprit. Yeah, she definitely, she looks older than 46. Oh, yeah. 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 And the good picture, like, like this is where we're coming from. You know, people are memorializing her and they're putting complimentary, complimentary pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this picture and you're like, oh Uh, man, she looks, this is a brutal 46. (laughs) This is coming from her friends in the band. (laughs) So bad at this. Yeah. So bad. Like we actually do like her and the music. Yeah. Except for damn bad at this. In eighth grade though, that was, it was, it was the eighth grade talent show and Every single girl that went up, it was like, here's Tina and Laura doing zombie by the cranberries. And we're like, okay, all right, Tina and Laura doing zombie. And it was all just like 14 year old girls, like singing like they would in church choir, you know, on their bombs, on their guns, in your head. And you're like, okay, okay, just, we got to make it through it. It's a what, like three, five minute song most. All right, just got to sit through this. Then they bring on another act. Then the act after that is Amber and, and, and Joan. Was this mandatory, the talent show? No. Why were you there? Oh, it was a mandatory attendance. Ah, there we go. Fuck yeah. that. I just skipped. And, um, oh my God. Well, I just, they just loved me back into school after being a bad kid. So I had to, you know, I, I can't I handle ditch. embarrassing situations, dude. I can't do it. And so, and so then you know, the next group of girls go up and they're bombs and they're bombs. And you're like, Okay, they double booked. They double booked a zombie. Okay, it's a I fucking. Think there was some organization to this, don't they? Like sign up. And you're like, oh, sorry, sorry, zombies being done. Yeah. So then another band goes up, and then this time it's like Becky and Kim and and another and Laura S and and fucking Megan doing zombie. And you four still, acts. You still like the band after this? And I still like the band, but four acts. Four acts of teenage girls just going up, going, and their bombs, and their guns in your head. And you're like, uh, uh, like, by the, the, by the second one, like on the second one, people were like, kind of like, what? What? They double booked it? They double booked it. The third one, you sort of had the laugh, like, oh, no way. Really? Three? 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 Three zombies. And then by the fourth one, everyone just... Did, did you sneak a razor blade into school, man? I can't do this. Were any of them good? No. So they were all bad. And my friend's sister was in one of them. And like, I, I, I couldn't, and I felt so bad for her because she was in the fourth group. So by the time it came up, you know, 14 year olds, yeah. they don't give it. Yeah. They, no tolerance. No tolerance. They were just getting reamed off the stage. Mm. Um, this is your good memory of the cranberries. This is like probably my most potent memory of the cranberries. Hmm. Yeah. Eighth grade talent show. Terrible. Just terrible. We should probably like bring a guest in to memorialize things that we appear to like, because this is, this is derailed. Yeah. We, 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 
We played the song though. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the song. You got the song at the beginning. Yeah, I felt like there was a solid done there. Yeah, there you go. Besides salting her, her band, her age. Yeah, no good memories. Um, just throwing out conspiracy theories. At one time, she was hot. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there a famous picture of her too, just popping a squat like on the side of the road in Ireland? There it is. There it is. Continuing our shoulder roll into nothing complimentary. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I thought it was pretty, re- you know, it was in Rolling Stone. I thought it was pretty revolutionary, if you will. Like, Not as many people read magazines as you'd think, especially most of the people listening to this show. Well, that's well, a magazine. Yeah. Well, back in 1996, mommies and daddies used to read a thing called magazines. Still get them. Do you get magazines? No. Really? No. I no. still get them. Yeah, I go digital. There's some online. there's there's something lost in it for me. It's not even a nostalgia. There's just a practicality to getting through it in an exquisite manner. Skipping yeah. ahead, getting a feel for it. When I read it on my tablet, it's I feel inundated with the process of having to like literally I don't know. I don't like it. And then if I ever want to go back to it, I mean, yes, it's there, but you never go back to it the same way. Yeah, no. And I mean I for me it was just like your Rolling Stones like started putting Jenny McCarthy's constantly on the cover instead of bands. So it was like, okay, it's now becoming an entertainment magazine. So it's like, fuck this spin started kind of going the same direction. Although not as hardcore as Rolling Stone did. Then my guitar worlds that I subscribed to, you know, they'd always have five song transcriptions so you could learn these songs. And it went from like stuff like Zeppelin, the doors, uh, Nirvana, stuff like that to like, I don't know, just take any pick of like an Ozfest band or like a, like a Vans Warp Tour. I, I feel like though, part of the reason that those covers started to disappear is we have gone to a far more centralized music celebrity rather than there being a recognizable band, yeah. you know, a group of, of uh, musicians. We're now, you know, one thing, Ludacris or Jay-Z or Tyga or, you know, <laughs> I mean, that was around back even when like the Beatles, you know, in the 60s. There were, well, yeah, sure, but we're talking about what's happened actually, while you kind of got away from Rolling it, Stone. Yeah, it's kind of going back to that because, it, yeah, initially it was like Elvis, Buddy Holly, uh, Chuck Berry. And then it went bands for a while. Now it's going back, I think, to the, yeah. To in the their heyday, world. though, weren't we going Led Zeppelin and The Doors? and The Doors, yeah, the good stuff. Black Sabbath. Yeah, you know yeah. we were we were before their Ozzie. heyday was heavily and and then what made it compelling even is that Nirvana, you were, I mean Kurt Cobain was definitely the everyone talked about Kurt Cobain but everybody knew who Dave Grohl was everyone knew knew who Chris Novoselic was you tell them that now like most people probably think Nirvana Kurt Cobain maybe Dave Grohl because of Foo Fighters people definitely don't remember Chris Novoselic. Well, the audiophile that was going to be invested in magazines, wanting to know each, uh, you know, each man of each instrument, yeah. they, they really were into it, the yes. whole industry of it. Yes. Now, I mean, can you name, uh, I don't know, what's his name? Ed Shireen. Isn't he a big guy right now? I don't know. I mean, I can't Is name he the guy that was, was he the guy band. on Game of Thrones? <laughs> I think this so, This season? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's all I know about him. Like, I was like, oh, man, you know, that guy in episode one, he's got a nice voice. Like, oh, they cast a good actor for that. And people are like, oh, he's like a singer, dude. He's pretty popular. Know your shit. 
You're not totally out of time. Like I listen to probably the top 200 songs on iTunes and I look for newer music. I want to, I need to know it. I need to know, or at least recognize or be in touch with. And I just, I don't know, maybe outside of country bands. And even then I feel like it's the, the name of the band is usually the name of the artist. It's, it's very seldom you get like a band. Yeah. yeah, I don't know because I'm trying to remember back when I had the job where they listened to the country station all the time. I would like say it was Rascal 50... Flats you would run into, but for every Rascal Flats there'd be what's the uh, big one? Clint ones? Black and a, you know, they're actually going to be playing Jim McGraw right up here, up the road from you, um, at like the Super Bowl shit that's going on. Oh, uh, so we, Southern uh, Mason, Southern Georgia Dixon line. Fun little update. Florida line. <laughs> we uh, in Minneapolis have the Super Bowl coming here in uh, just a few weeks. And so some of our bigger establishments, Mall of America, we have an enormous casino here that's just right outside Minneapolis called uh, Mystic Lake um, and, and several other idyllic areas throughout town have decided to throw these huge parties, yes. week long parties for the Super Bowl. And one of the ideas was that a nightclub was going to be built at the casino and the entire thing was going to be booked out. And in the a Thursday, so just a few days ago, it runs over our local news that it uh, didn't pass code <laughs> and that they will no longer be having the nightclub so, or any of the attractions. So this article that I sent you about uh, Prior Lake being um, no longer being Minnesota's best kept secret because of the, uh, what are they called? The crazy debutantes, the, the debutantes of Prior Lake. That's, that's all gone out the window now, huh? Right. Could you believe that article? I, (laughs) I can, I live in the community and I can tell you that, uh, you know, probably not any dissimilar to most areas where there's a body of water, the wealthy people live on the body of water and the middle class is a block away. Right. Yep. So, uh, he sent me an article about the town I grew up in and it basically said it went from a bedroom community with, uh, you know, charm to, it's not like the spot. Yeah. The debutantes are running wild. It's what is a debutante? Is it a single woman? Is it a girl? Is it a... It's a privileged female. Privileged female. Yeah. Rich bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Entitled. Even even the middle class feels to a degree entitled in our town. That's true. That is true. Our high school scoreboard is video. Like they have a full video scoreboard. Oh, no way. You know, I was impressed when they'd keep the runs up to date on our scoreboard for baseball. You know, now we have video I, I, replay. I'm just happy to have a score up there, damn it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, our, uh, our Super Bowl is already going a little bit sideways. Uh, but it is, though, still on track for Minnesota fans. You did catch the game. I, you want to talk Minnesota Miracle? I can talk Minnesota Miracle. <laughs> so, did you watch it? I saw the play because I heard Shorty just screaming. Like, I mean, I, I, the football season should have could have been over for me ten weeks ago because they have that horn that. that burr, burr. Yep. This guy no shit, and he only drinks like one beer during the game, so it's not like he's like drunk doing this. This guy meaning your roommate Shorty. Yes. Every first down, every like completed pass. Burr, burr. He's blowing his own. 
Viking horn. Yeah. In the house at the TV. Yeah. Like every time, like, I like it, like just the ball goes forward. I wouldn't want to live with it. No, it but sucks I like to ass. Hear the story about it. It sucks ass to live with. So Grumps and I are just like, just please let him get eliminated in the first. Now round. Grumps is a professional sports fan. What's who's his favorite team? He's a Cowboys fan. He's Gross. From, yeah, okay. He's from Texas, right? And you cheer for? I don't really cheer for a pro team. If you had to, though, you grew up a uh, Dolphins, AFC. I'll go Packers, NFC. I know, I know, I know, I know. So we'll just say you don't, you're unrepresented. I'm unrepresented. I'm a college guy. This is, this is clear. So, but uh, yeah, he starts screaming and I go out there. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I see that play. And the first thing I thought was, holy shit, number 43 for the Saints really fucking screwed the pooch. Did you? Yeah. (laughs) Did they, did they ever figure out what he was, did he ever come out and say what he was trying to do? So if you're not a sports fan, uh, we're in the divisional playoff, and I am a Minnesota Viking fan, which says all kinds of sad things about me. Capitals I've watched fan over here. a lot of heartbreak. Uh, before I was born, we lost four Super Bowls. Actually, we lost our last the year I was born. And moving forward... We haven't been back since. And every time we've gotten close, whether it was 1987 or 1998 or 2004 or 2009, something epically catastrophic, embarrassing, uh, a tsunami you could feel coming throughout the game would implode the season. Whether it be a missed field goal or poor clock management or... God, just dropping balls in the end zone or this was shaping up to be that. Yeah, because you guys were dominating. From what I heard, you guys dominated the first half. 17 nothing. Shut them out two quarters. Look good. Right. New game starts second half. They give us a 17-point lead. Let's go. Yes. And uh, what happened? Man, it was just slowly but surely. Each little thing just started picking away. First, it was a touchdown, and then it was a errant throw, which turned into an interception, which then converted into yet another touchdown. And then there was a blocked, you know, punt, which turned into yet more points. And it just kept mounting and mounting. Before you knew it, uh, they had put a lead on us. And all of a sudden, and they put a lead on you with like no time left. There was two 20, what? 23 seconds. Maybe. Well, there were, there were two minutes left and we, uh, two and a half to three minutes left. We got the ball back, uh, pushed ourselves down the field, kicked a go ahead field goal and left a minute 39 on the clock against Drew Brees and the saints. Yeah. Which, which is just pure nightmare for any Viking fan because you could feel that the game had turned and they just couldn't be stopped. You know, they, he just, out of sheer will was determined, bound and determined and you could feel it and you could feel we couldn't stop them. And a Viking fan, this is very familiar. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, what feeling is this? I, you know, it's not like a <laughs> this Yankees is, fan or like a Patriots fan. Yeah. What new sensation is this losing thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm real familiar with it. And I watched the game with my family, my uh, brother and his wife and their kids and my folks and my uncle and my other brother and, uh, we've been in living rooms of disappointment for some time. So as this started to turn, it became impossible for me to sit down. And everyone that knows me knows I pace. I pace yeah. on the phone. I, I just pace. I I'm a pa- I'm a pacer too. 
In fact, usually when we do shows and it's nice enough, we do a formal pace in terms of a walk and yes. we'll do the, the pre-show walk. So I'm walking and you know, I, I, my, my, uh, actually famous sub Scott Angus, who's, uh, always, uh, a diligent sub for the show when we need him. Wonderful guy. Also did, uh, our, co- our comic con. He did that for us. And, most of you listeners that have been with the show a long time know Scotty. Well, he was taken to the game for his birthday by his best friend, Raymond. And so uh, they're at the game and we're sending text messages back and forth. And mine start going from, oh, isn't this awesome? You're the luckiest people in the whole world to, you know. here we uh, go again. This is bad to, uh, I think one of my text messages was, like when we left the minute 39 on the board, yeah. we gave up a crucial fourth down that would have stopped them. Yeah. And I was like, it's time to walk to the car voice. This is, this is over. And sure enough, Saints push down the field, kick a go-ahead field goal, and they left us with 25 seconds left. Yeah. It's, See, you know, at this point, even as a Capitals fan or an Arizona State fan, you, you, this is something you're used to, too. You go out, you get a great lead. And then you just you just watch it you just watch it melt through your fingers, and you know you just know you know it's as over. a Capitals fan you are very because they've had teams that were supposed to right like, look at this fucking team they're supposed to like the last two seasons and then you're just really <clears throat> let down yeah I would argue though that the difference between the Washington Capitals and the Minnesota Vikings is the fantastic nature of failure from the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know. The Caps have uh, they've 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 screwed some pooch in their time. It's a, it's a sports debate that neither of us can win. So yes. I'll agree to disagree. Oh, but, I'll just agree but, that but, but that if, we feel the pain. If we uh, if we were running a race, it would certainly be neck and neck for disappointment. Yes. And this was like no other. Twenty five seconds left, and they haven't kicked the ball off yet. And you're going to have to go between you know seventy five and eighty yards, depending on what happens. That's just not real likely. No. The way that football's set up, if the other team knows you have to pass, you're in trouble. Yeah. You just are in trouble. Yeah. There's, they, they outman you for the number of, of possible defenders on the other side of the ball. So no matter how many guys you send out, odds are covered. Right. And it was looking like that. Not to mention this, the Saints have a, a competent line that can not give your quarterback enough time to throw. So I was pretty certain this was done. And, you know, we got a long first down, which kind of put us within 61 yards, 68 yards. Now, no timeouts too, right? And I think we had a timeout. Okay. And uh, all of a sudden, in kind of going for a quick pass to get out of bounds and kick the field goal, it turned into a 61-yard score with no time left. And I lost my mind. (laughs) <laughs> Our entire family was screaming so loud that my mom, who couldn't stand the stress, had gone out to shovel her own driveway, which I had already shoveled twice, but she just needed to do something because she just couldn't handle the disappointment of the room over another promising Viking season coming up short. Yeah. And she said it sounded like we were outside. We were all screaming so loud. <laughs> so it was, it was a, it was a, what I really treasured was, you know, experiencing with my brothers and my dad and, and, uh, you know, to me, I don't live sports vicariously through the guys playing it. It's a shared moment between, you know, friends and family and, uh, 
synthetic nobility to your area because I feel like if your team is constantly coming up short that it feels like your community is constantly, constantly coming, coming up, up short. short yep and in some small way we got a little bit back last night it's funny on like even um some capitals websites people were like you know they were sending out like great night in minneapolis and they're showing the celebrations at the wild game at the t wolves game and just all around and so many people in the comments sections were like wish that would happen to dc it's like, well, dude, Minnesota's been through some shit too, you know? Well, the Redskins won in what, 87 and 91? Yeah, you know, Twins won a, a World Series right around that time. So, yeah, I mean, we won the World Series in 91. Yeah. Last time. So, it's been I since mean, 91. Has DC had anything happen since 91? I know that Baltimore was in there. So there's a lot of Baltimore fans in DC. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, the baseball team is one well, of the football World team. The football team, didn't they win a championship? Uh, Baltimore? They did, but... But yeah, DC doesn't count that. No, 91 was, I think, the last time for the Redskins. The yeah. Bullets slash Wizards, nothing. Nothing. Capitals, nothing. Nothing, ever. So the nothing Nationals college, right? came up close. No. I mean, Nationals maybe you have like short. Georgetown. You have some Georgetown fans, maybe at basketball, but... Yeah, so they're in a bit of a drought themselves. Yeah. I can understand. So they're sitting the, there going like, oh, I wish it would happen to us. And it's like, well, hey, it happened to Minnesota. Maybe you're next. I don't know. Was but, it the greatest play that you can think of? No, me being an ASU fan, the Jail Mary was the greatest play that I can think of. But it's not recognized by sports the same way. Maybe not, but I don't think it was like the greatest play ever in all of ever in anything in sports. No, 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 no. Because I think I equivalent that play to 1994 World Cup, Colombia versus the United States. Um, the United States, it's one to one. Uh, the United States forward goes to just center a pass and the defenseman from Columbia goes to sort of slide, tackle it away and out of the way of the goalie just to clear the ball. But he deflects it at an angle that confuses his goalie and the ball goes in the net. United States wins two to one. That same guy that deflected the ball in the net, um, what was his name? Escobar. Escobar. It was something Escobar. He, uh, <laughs> notice how he said was Andreas Escobar killed five days later when the team came back from, um, the world cup by drug dealers, <laughs> by drug dealers, <laughs> by Pablo Escobar's. Uh, yeah. So all I can think of, like I'm watching the Vikings and everyone celebrate, but I'm looking at this number 43 guy. This guy that just whiffed on that tackle and in the process of whiffing on his tackle takes out his other teammate who could have potentially tackled the guy, the Viking. And all I'm thinking, so Diggs got the touchdown. Yeah. Diggs, 43 was the name Williams. I don't know his name. Um, I don't know, but he just whiffs. Had he, had he made the tackle game over, right. game over. And it's like, he just disengaged from the play. Marcus Williams, rookie. Yeah, yeah, rookie. Disengaged from the play, ends up hitting his own guy that's next to Diggs, causing no one to, you know, just Diggs is untouched. He's going in all alone now. And I see, what's his name? Williams? And I'm just thinking like, oh man, this is fucking Escobar. Thank God though, this guy is playing sports in North America and not South America. So I have heard a couple of different people talk about the play. 
that yeah. kind of evaluated it at full speed. And there was a kind of a perfect storm there for why the kid missed. Cause he was playing lights out. He played great all year. He actually had a he crucial had a Didn't he have interception a in, the game? in the game. He he's uh he was a standout player. Now what they were trying to do was force digs out of bounds. Right. Or, or even prevent him. I'm sorry. That's not accurate. What Diggs was trying to do was get out of bounds. They were trying to stop him just short of going out of bounds because if they could keep the clock running after that it's catch, over. the game was over. What Diggs did that was unexpected was the, the way that he came up for that pass was his momentum was going in a direction where Williams was timing it and he would have made contact. Right. But he was also somewhat... Uh, sensitive to the rules and the saints have been picking up a lot of penalties throughout the game. So I know he wanted to make sure it wasn't going to be a targeting hit and you could kind of see he was trying to make a nice clean stop and time it just right. And the way that Diggs went up for that pass, he changed his momentum in such a way because it was kind of a bang, bang play that I mean, yes, there was definitely a mistake. And if you're a saints fan listening, I'm sure that you have different feelings on this matter, but it, it, certainly seemed like kind of a perfect storm of timing and just trying to be cautious and the, whoops. And the dude totally whiffed. I mean, when I first yeah. saw it, like I, I thought that someone from Minnesota had paid him off, like go run into your guy, go run into your guy. Like it, it, it just looked, but once again, like Escobar, I believe it was a mistake. You know, it wasn't one of those. He tried to put one in his own net or tried no. to take his own guy out you know, it was weird rookie, that his arms were up. not out. Right. He just disengaged completely. He put his shoulder down yeah. and was like trying to almost bank on the fact he was going to hit him. He was going to, you know, Williams going to hit Diggs. He's just going to collide. Yeah. The corner behind him would make the securing tackle. And instead he totally whiffs, collides with the corner that would have made that <laughs> tackle. Yeah. And he, 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 he must catch some portion of Diggs because isn't. No, he whiffed. No, totally. he whiffed. I didn't understand how. Maybe it was just Diggs uh, doing the momentum of, of yeah. catching the ball no, and turning he around whiffed. where he almost fell down. He whiffed by like a lot. But it, it wasn't was... even close. Like he didn't even come close to hitting him. Yeah, I wouldn't even say he was like a yard away from hitting him. You're right. You're right. It was. It was a bad. Well, it was really it was bad. bad. And it the time, really and he bad. was early. Was the other thing. Yeah. So. Because it looked like he tried to pull up because he thought he was early or something, but then he pulled up way too much. I don't know. I don't know, but kid fucked up. It's definitely not the greatest sports moment in sports. There's too many, you know, yeah, and moments people are, are, and it's too subjective. Right. It, and that's true. Greatest of anything is a subjective thing. But is it one of the greatest NFL playoff moments? And I would say that it would have to be in the category of, of uh, it'd have to be. There's... I, I I believe it's uh I guess it depends on like what what fan you are. If you're a Minnesota fan, you can probably equate it to like an LA. Totally, totally, yeah. Yeah. But yep. if you're if you're a Saints fan, you probably equate it to the Buffalo Bills uh field goal kicker shanking those Super Bowl kicks. I was listening to our local radio station today, and in our community there are Viking fans. And there are many Minnesota fans that have become Packer fans because of either just wanting to go against their own family or father, or they're smart. Right. Because the Packers are a good team, and chances are you're going to watch a good team, and and, and they're going to let you down like the Vikes. Chances are you're going to get a championship within your lifetime. (laughs) Right. Fuck you. Right. (laughs) Hey, I'm a Caps fan. Okay, I could have been a Penguins fan, but fuck that. Now, I heard a a bonafide 
Green Bay Packer fans say on the radio that it was one of the greatest sports moments of his life. Wow. It was so thrilling and so dramatic, and you you add up all of the history with the Vikings and all of the problems, and to see that breakthrough was one of the greatest moments of his life. See, I, I, if they go on to win the Super Bowl, yes. But if they're just really setting you up to knock you down next week, then no. Well, you know, because think about like all I hear people talking about now is like one more game. So we get to be the first team. What does that one more game yield, dude? Playing the Patriots? Fuck. Yeah, but you're one of the first teams to like host the Super Bowl and be in it. If not the first. You know what? That's what the Vikings would do. We would end up winning against the Eagles, going to a home game and getting absolutely fucking waxed in a very strange sideways manner by Tom Brady. (laughs) I should point out that I actually despise Tom Brady. Oh yeah. I you you'll get no Brady love from me over here. I have disliked every part of him. Just the smugness of his very being. Yeah. When they asked him the question, uh, so what was your favorite? Like, I think this is after like two or three Super Bowls. You know, what's your favorite Super Bowl ring? The next one. Fuck you. Yeah. Just, oh, you smarmy prick. My my worst fear is that someday I wake up and they say President Brady. Ooh. That's just. Uh. But, you know, he's kind of pragmatic. He's blue collar. I think he'd get shit done. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk, but let's talk about something we you know we're back from the break. How was your break? How was Christmas? What did you do? I did nothing and I loved it. All right. I made every single one of my married with children type friends that just made them jelly, just jealous. So, you know, and they're like, what'd you do? I'm like, I did nothing. I did nothing. It was fucking cold as fuck. You know, where you grumpy cook. Grumpy did cook. So you had the Christmas ham as described had, on the Christmas show? Had the Christmas ham. Grumps cooked. And it lived up to it? It was a ham. Oh, so it wasn't well prepared? Oh, no. He prepared it well, but, you know, it was a fucking ham. Now, Christmas was on a Monday. Did you work the following Tuesday? Yes. Okay. So Christmas. So you worked a lot through the break? Yeah. Did you do anything for New Year's? No. I had the house to myself because both of them... We're out tending bar at night, so I had the place to my fucking self. I enjoyed it, man. I made food. I had some beers. It was great. Yeah, when you I live was, with I, roommates and have the house to yourself, there's a very strange, like, I can feel normal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I did. I felt normal for one night, and it was great. And I did nothing, and it was great. And you had to work. You didn't have to work the next day? Not New Year's Day, no. So Sunday so, night. Yeah, afraid. so I could have a hangover day. And, you know, like most people, have a hangover day on the first. And in the uh, ensuing weeks, we elected to take a break. I needed a break for different reasons, but you were what sick did you as do? fuck, weren't you? God damn. Yeah. I, uh, so we did, we did Christmas, and um, I had a nice Christmas. I got a new iPhone. I got an iPhone 10. How's that working out? Well, as we just, you know, as you and I discussed when the new software and new phones came out that I had told you, I feel like they deliberately slow down and fuck with your phone. So you have to buy a new phone and lo and behold, comes out that Apple actually is doing that. They are slowing your phones and they came up with some excuse about a battery and then sold you a new mm. fucking battery. 
And he noticed that all the other companies were understandably quiet because they obviously do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, they were like, don't look at them. Just keep looking at them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see over here. Yeah. Apple. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was, uh, let's see, Christmas. Uh, I, I celebrated Christmas and the day after Christmas. You know, I wasn't feeling real well. Yeah. And I was down for two and a half weeks. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Now, many people would say, well, Medicaid up and man up, but my, uh, no, my parents are, my, my parents are older. You take a knee and you get better. My wife works in the public sector. And so, you know, she could hypothetically, depending on how you feel about the, you know, the, uh, contagion, (laughs) depending on how many people she interacts with could have made many, many people and really maybe killed people. You know, when you have influenza, if you go out amongst the people and you're not well, and that makes it way to someone really young or really old, people die. Yeah. And whether you know it or not, you have blood on your hands. Yeah. You're an asshole. I agree. I do. I agree with that. Yeah. I was in the bank before Christmas. This lady was sneezing and coughing. And the moment she made the first cough, I got out of a line that I'd been in for a while and walked right out because I didn't want to get sick. Yeah. Fucking get sick. Yeah, you don't do that shit. If you've got like a common head cold or something, fine. So be it. You know, you can go out. You can get through an eight-hour day. It sucks, but you can get through it. If you have the flu, you take a knee. And you, I, t- you fucking take a knee. I wasn't, th- it wasn't the throwing up. It was mostly just really bad congestion. A cough I just couldn't get rid of. A cough that was so bad, right? It was so bad. That uh, I was having my wife describe to me what kind of sick she was because I was convinced I had lung cancer because <laughs> it was only on one side. Okay. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just can't quite clear that right, right side. And I, and I used to smoke from the right side. And when I smoke, you know, I always used my right hand. Wait, but wouldn't it go in the left lung? Like, were you asking yourself questions like that? I was, I was, well, I'm a little neurotic. A little. And when I get sick, <laughs> uh, the older I get, the more bound and determined I am that uh, this is the end. <laughs> like, like this is the age where fucked up things happen. And the first uh, sign is, you know, Oh, that, that felt a little funny after I ate. And then, you know, you just, I not, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. You're calling the mortuary, like setting up, well, you know, this one's a good, uh, made out of a cherry wood. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if I die first, I get to determine like between my wife and I, the agreement is if I die first, I determine how we get buried. Okay. Well, disposed of. I want to be cremated and spread someplace. That's right? me. That's me. You know, I don't want a place where people feel obligated to go. I don't want to be celebrated at some tombstone, you know. Yeah. Spread my ashes where life will begin again. And Yeah. Spread my ashes. Take my ashes somewhere that I really enjoyed being and just spread them out there. Like right now, I would say there's this lighthouse in San Pedro, California. Spread my ashes out at the lighthouse. Now, there comes with the breakers. You understand that, right? What's that? Well, if you're, you know, believing in any kind of reincarnation or, or, or even just maybe on a scientific level that that ash, some molecule or, or atom makes its way into, into, uh, you know, the, the source of consciousness and you all of a sudden are a minnow. Your new life could be rather fleeting. You know, your last 10 minutes could be spent running from a tuna or something. I mean, there is, there is the idea that if you get spread, you could come back as something or, you know, grass, like how horrifying is it to be grass seven, eight times during the summer when the mower comes? 
I never thought of that. <laughs> that could be fucking pretty scary. I don't know, man. I just thought like I don't want to be worm food. I don't want you know, I'm claustrophobic as it is. I don't want to be in a box. What if you're a tree? There's nowhere to go with a tree. They say that trees sense that you're going to cut them down before you cut them down. Like it's a measured thing. Huh. And so if you come back as a tree and it just happens to be logging or, or whatnot, I mean, every time it rains, are you just fucking real scared? Oh God, oh God. Stay strong, Roots. Stay strong. <laughs> Stunting your own growth so you're not a target. <laughs> right. Anyway, I'm going to be cremated and that, or that's what I would prefer and that she would, you know, has to follow along. And then if she died first, she'd get buried and I'd get buried alongside her. I want Jedi funeral. I want the pyre. The Jedi pyre. What is that? I'm sorry. I remember like in uh, the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, the way uh, Luke, you know, after Vader died, and then he built the huge pyre and set it, set it ablaze. Okay. For the listening audience, what is a pyre? It's, um, it's basically a large fire pit. Okay. And then the person is laid down in the middle of it, and then you just just light this huge fire. You want an old school cremation? Yes. Yeah. Not Viking. Don't send me off in that ship with the bow and arrow. Just build the huge giant pyre, kind of like Drogo had in uh, Game of Thrones at the end of the first season. Logistically, I feel like there's a lot of problems with that. Oh, God. Yeah. Everyone has problems with it. The fucking city has problems with it. You know, what you're not, you you're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to have hot enough. What if, I mean, like, what if you have the awkward moment where like the fire's done and then like, well, that's why you build a huge frozen. fucking fire. There's a lot of conditions there. You know, you probably shouldn't do it on a rainy day. Yeah, probably had, not a windy day you're, either. You're, you're, so we didn't even really need a pyre specialist to make sure you get cooked. Yes. Yes. And I need the pi- gym. If I slip in the shower. <laughs> Not violently <laughs> masturbating, right? Not violently masturbating, and my history has been cleared. You make sure I get my fucking pyre. Okay, we're gonna probably have to go to India for that. They burn. They do a lot of okay cooking over there publicly. Yeah. I need my I need my pyre. Then you could end up in the ooh man, but then then oh ooh oh what is that Hindu land over there? Yeah, and then you know once you're, a shit shoveler, always a shit shoveler. Well, you're gunning to be a cow over there. It's sacred. Not gonna be a cow. Those guys, no, no, I'm too far down on the food chain. No, 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 no. Cows in, in, Hin, in the Hindi religion are, are gods. I know. Yeah, they can walk like, uh, yeah, I know. I'm too low. I'm too low on the totem pole. I, I wouldn't achieve that. You feel I, like I, I just come back as shit shoveler again. That <laughs> <laughs> would not be good. No. And according to, you know, a lot of Hindus that I know, you know, that are in the upper caste because they have the caste system, there's a reason the caste system was created. So, you know, some people can just stay at the top. Well, the others shovel the shit and the majority of them are shit shovelers. And in order to move up, you have to do something really, 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 really fan fucking tastic. And you get to go up one rung. So you're not like the shit shoveler, but maybe like the guy that's like, you know, like overseer of the shit shovelers. Like generations to become finally like mall manager. Yes. Yeah. Mall manager. I don't. Not... Yeah. So no. Well, I'll try to find another place where we can cook you. Okay, cool. Your, your dad and I will discuss it, and if he's not around, I've, I really feel like Obi could get that done. I think so, too. I mean, like, I think if we went to, like, like Idaho or Montana, lots of open mm, space. It's real dry out there lately. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That probably wouldn't let a fire. 
My uh, New Year's was spent sick. It was the first time ever that I'd fallen asleep three or four hours before the magic hour and slept right through it. I had to apologize to my wife the next morning because I was just so sick. I did. I slept through the magic hour too. I I made it to about 11.15. I don't think I was actually back on my feet until the middle of the week after New Year's. Yeah, because you were still down because I was... Yeah, I was shooting you some texts like, okay, holidays are over. How are you feeling? No good, man. Not good. I had something terrible happen to me. And, and I want your opinion on this. I, uh, so, you know, I'm a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. And I've tried many businesses, done many things. And in my early 30s, I was going to uh, start a carpet cleaning business. And I was going to employ several people and I was going to pay them really well. And in sheer numbers, just the volume of sales, I was going to become a A carpet cleaning titan of carpet cleaning. Yes. Yes. A mogul, if you will. Well, in my first machine, I couldn't afford a truck mounted system because these are very expensive and comes with all kinds of licenses. So I got, it's not a bad idea though. Minnesota, a lot of dirty carpet out here. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like a winter time. Yeah. In theory, it seemed outdoorsy people. Yeah. So I bought a expensive machine used and uh, all the equipment. And at the time it was uh, 3,500 bucks for the equipment to replace the equipment today is about 10 to $12,000. My sister before the holidays and actually during Halloween asks if she can borrow it. And I'm happy to borrow it to him. And I said, just whatever you do, if you're going to put it outside, don't leave water in it. Okay. Cause we're in Minnesota and it's in the middle, mid middle. It's in the middle of a freezing cold snap. You know, what do you, what do you think is going to happen to water? Uh, yeah, it's brutal, but more so, um, one of the other reasons that I want to leave water in it is if there's a problem with the machine and you have it either inside or outside that the water doesn't ruin something in your house. But long story short, I just said, make sure all of the water's out of it, dirty and clean. I leave it over there for two months. And when I'm getting better, I go to pick up the machine and the machine's inside. And uh, there's my brother-in-law standing there and he says, uh, oh, hey, sorry, I, I left some cleaner in it. And I was just trying to get it out of there. And what does that mean? It, and it's ice. It's a block of ice. And so what I could deduce from the cleaner being left in there is that there's water in the holding tank and there's water in the lines and there's water in the water pump, which is essentially what this half of what this machine does. And that there's water left then in the hoses and there's water left in the wands. You know, those big, you've seen them, the big Mm -hmm. steel wands you push across the carpet. Incidentally, one of the worst jobs in the world, I did it for a very short period of time. And now it's a showpiece for cleanups for construction. And it's just a handy thing to have without having to hire a carpet company, but it's hell. It's hell. I get it home and I elect to thaw it out and see how bad the damage is. And, uh, he said he had had it thawing and there were no problems. And I put it under a big tray and, uh, in the middle of the night I could hear water gushing out of it. And by the time I go turn it on, my, very expensive machine is completely fucked. The equipment is completely fucked. Everything has to be rebuilt. It's $1,500. 
That's how much I've got out so far. It's $1,500. I've said nothing to my sister and brother-in-law. Now, here's my reason. Now, now would you say something? Uh, yeah. And would you be pissed? Yeah, I'd say you owe me $1,500. Okay. Now, here's what I think. Here's how I'm operating, and I'm probably in the wrong. I go over and say, hey, um, brought the machine home. You guys left water in it. Everything froze. Everything's broken. I'm out $1,500. We need to figure this out. I have, in effect, caused a huge rift. Not only would the embarrassment of doing something wrong from my family be out there, but it's an expensive price to pay. Like it's way cheaper for me to pay $1,500 than it is to try to go through the therapy and years and rifts and issues of the $1,500. Now my sister would tell you, she would want to know, and she would want to give me money. Okay. She would tell you that, but that's not how really people think. <laughs> and after they write a $1,500 check, that's really not how they'll think. No, I just wrote a thousand dollar check this week and uh, oof, that hurt. Doesn't feel good. That hurt. And people will then process it like he never said that, or I'd never have left it outside with, you know what I mean? Like it starts to play into this thing. So I've said nothing, but this machine being down because I've had some other projects going on has cost me not just the money to repair it, but thousands of dollars in jobs that I have had to turn down over the past week and 10 days. Because it's that time of year, you know, projects and things I'm going to deal with. Am I in the wrong? Am I crazy? No, no, no. I would say $1,000. You owe me a 1000 You fucked it up. It clearly worked when I gave it to you. It's $1,500. i am sorry, $1,500. It's still, I, like I said, I just wrote a $1,000 check and that I felt the sting. But I would feel obligated like, okay, can I give it to you in payments? <laughs> you know, yeah. can I give it to you in installations? Maybe like three $500 installations or installment payments on yeah. the uh, equipment. And yeah. when I went to, I went up there and I was like, well, Hey, you know, let me, maybe I'll just replace this. I went up there, the s- similar machine to mine without as many options, eight grand. Yeah. The equipment's four or 500 for the particular one that I have. Yeah. But why do you want to have to buy this shit again? The whole point <clears throat> of having this thing was you just had it around and Hey, now you're making a little extra scratch off this failed endeavor. Right. And now you have to go and buy a new one for eight that fuck that. No, I can't. I can't do that. It would, you know, no, take d- way too many it just destroys the purpose. Right. So now I'm trying to like become Mr. I can repair the shit I've never worked on before. And I'm doing a good job, but all the parts are coming from different places. And like I said, I have this lost opportunity. It's <sighs> <That was> upsetting. <laughs> it's upsetting. Do you want to talk about uh you know, we teased this in the show headline. We supposed we ought to talk about it. How about Star Wars. Star Wars. Are we too far past it to talk about it? Well, I think we've given everyone ample time to go see it. All right. If you haven't seen it yet, well, guess what? We're going to spoil the fuck out of it because it's been a month. Star Wars The Last Jedi. We're going to spoil it. Yes. It's been a month. Okay. I I just got done running my mouth, dude. Go go into it. <laughs> um, this was definitely a very polarizing film. Uh, people have very strong opinions one way or the other. Um, when did you go and see it? Did you see it opening week, opening weekend? I saw it the day after it opened. Okay, I saw it the day it did open. And um, I went, it was a Thursday night, right after work. 
I went to that little Mexican joint that we went to uh, before we saw, um, was it Escape Artist or not? The Disaster Artist. Disaster Artist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to that little joint again and uh, just had myself a nice little evening, you know? Had a couple of be- like I had a beer in a movie theater. I'd never done that before. And uh, <laughs> I get the corner seat right behind the handicap. Smart. Well, that was like the only seat available. The best seat in the house happened to be the only seat available. That's pure luck right there. Yeah, it was great. And I'm sitting next to like two teenage girls who, while I was outside smoking, I saw their parents drop them off and kind of look at me like, and I was like, what? I'm allowed to do this. And it was just an interesting, uh, experiencing it with the younger targeted generation was an interesting way to experience it. Because the whole time it's going down, in the back of my mind, I'm dissecting this thing. I'm just like, what the fuck was that? Why? What are you doing here, Disney? What are you doing? What are you doing to Star Wars? But then I'm watching these two teenagers just eating it up. Like, they're loving it. Remember the porgs, the little animals? They're loving it. The one girl... She had a bucket of popcorn and she's eating it like this, like from he's gesturing, pulling the entire bucket right into her mouth. Yeah. Just right into her face. So like she's burying her head in the bucket of popcorn. Um, I'm drinking my beer. (laughs) They go through, Oh, a large squishy each. Um, Do you actually watch the movie or do you just watch people? Well, at this point I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? I mean, I I forgot that your stomach is cast iron when you're a teenager. I'm watching the, they're going through sweet tarts, sweet licorice. I mean, they're going through like the whole fucking gauntlet of candy. So like $180, $90 yeah. of food. Yeah. Yeah. Which clearly a teenager should be able to afford. Yeah, and, drugs. Uh, <laughs> probably sell drugs. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. And so, uh, so they're enjoying the movie and in a way I'm kind of enjoying the ride with them. Like- not with them, like, hey, yeah, hey, what's your name? But just, I'm enjoying the ride too, just sort of trying to see it through that different set of eyes. And if you do that, it's an entertaining movie. Like, if you just go there and you're like, okay, I know I'm a Star Wars snob, but I'm just going to shut that part of me down and just go to see what it is. It's just, it's a fucking space blast explosions type movie. And for that, it was fun. I know Obi enjoyed it because he goes into those movies like that. He's like, well, the girl was kind of cute. Uh, there were lightsabers. I was entertained. I mean, you put a pretty girl we saw it together. Obi and I saw it together. Okay. Okay. So you put a pretty girl just, you know, swinging around a lightsaber. I mean, he's good. Uh, Stewie on the other hand, hated it. I'm just looking up the, uh, scores that it's gotten while you're talking. So I know Stewie, Stewie just caught it. He, he was despondent. I, I could barely talk to the man. He um, just was, was, you know, just left and right. And all right, well, after the, after, after I let it simmer, after the initial experience, I was like, you know, just go see it. Let down, you know, you know, your inhibition, you know, just, just throw it all away. Relax your expectations because it's not going to me- measure up to them. And you'll enjoy yourself. And I did for the first weekend after I saw it. But then as the next week went on and on and on, more things just started itching the back of my like, well, why the fuck did they do that? What the fuck was that scene about? 
what the fuck was this? I mean, I noticed little things down to the final lightsaber battle between Luke and Kylo Ren. Why does Luke have Anakin's lightsaber? That just got destroyed. Wouldn't Luke have his green lightsaber, not the blue lightsaber? Um, well, it turns out that he was a, you know, force projecting himself, which somehow I, do you know how he died? I need a couple things from you here because we got to structure this just right. One of the things I need to know is you saw the movie, mm-hmm. you walked out of the movie and you said, what it's a, what Give me a, a, pneumat- a, 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 a numbered score from one to 10. I said that I was entertained, so I gave it a seven. However, plot, I gave it a three. So numerically for entertainment, seven, but as you've reflected on the plot, a three. Yes. Okay. But you left saying I was entertained. I left saying I was entertained. I will, you- not be able to wa- I, I will not be able to do multiple watchings of that one, though. And The Force Awakens, you could do multiple watchings of. No, I tried to do a rewatch of it. One rewatch, didn't make it, but halfway through. How do you feel about Disney owning the intellectual properties? I think they're it, fucking they're up. Their I think they're, pan- they're pandering. Okay. Um, I think that they're, they're, they're pandering hard. Did you like J.J. Abrams or did you like... Um, Ryan Johnson or whatever? Ryan Johnson's interpretation. Um, I'd prefer Abrams, but I, I, I say that like having to t- choose between, you know, not too good choices. Um, the, uh, I have some thoughts here. When I left the theater, I had a couple of different things. We saw it in 3d and one of the I saw things it in 3D. that I found difficult in 3d was there were some very dark, you know, on film, there were some pretty dark scenes. Mm-hmm. And when you have your 3D glasses on, it makes scenes even darker. And I found it difficult to make out what was going on in them. I'd actually take my glasses off so I could see the dark scenes. When, now, when you mean dark, you mean like it was devoid of light. D- right. Not that like it was like a dark scene in the movie. Where- no, like there just was a dark room and you couldn't see very well wherever they were in the right, film. Right, right. And I think it was a combination of the projector being a little, little dimmer light. Mm-hmm. Those sign, those those scenes being overly dark, and then having the 3D effect is like, man, I, I mean, I, I can't make out what's going on here. Oh, I didn't have that problem. Oh, we did at ours. We went to a little bit older theater, and I was like, oh man, this is this is not the way that I wanted to watch this. I, I will tell you that. Taking the movie face value, not lumping it in with the befores or the afters and, and, and not even necessarily putting a theme to it and asking yourself, were you entertained? I would have to agree with you. I was entertained. Yes. It was an entertaining movie. They had some very cool, you know, seeing the updated edits and the, yeah. the salt planet and there was some more fighting in this particular one. And oh, the had, fighting in uh, that throne room there. That yeah. Was, yeah. They killed the, uh, you know, the retarded... Uh, yeah, sorry, Al. The uh, evil, the the Snoke. The, is that his name? Snoke, yeah, that, that. yeah, with the shitty name, Snoke. What was his purpose? I still once don't again, know. still to this, like, what was his fucking purpose in this in, in this whole thing? Because like, okay, they did not answer any of the questions going into it. Like, they sort of just threw off who's raised parents. Oh, they were a bunch of junkies. Do you really buy that? No, Kylo Ren's fucking with her. 
you know, what's the deal with Snoke? You know, they just fucking, uh, they just gave him the old, uh, what was it? Darth Tyrannus, uh, Count Dooku. They gave him the Dooku treatment. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. And for those of you that stopped watching after Return of the Jedi, uh, they had three other installments that didn't include him, correct? Right. Uh, which were the prequels. The prequels. And now these are the three movies that happen after, after. Return of the Jedi. And right. they've introduced this, because there's, there isn't the Vader element. Right. So we have this. Well, there is the Vader through Kylo Ren. Like, you know, he's like, oh, should I be like my grandfather? I want to be like my grandfather. I even wear a helmet similar to his. He looks, they've created basically a. He is the best character. Goblin though. king that is oversized. Mm-hmm. What about 10 times the size, 20 times the size of an actual person? Well, that's in the episode seven. In this episode, we clearly see he's just like normal human size. Okay, so he's you know, he's uh, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he's like he can see to all boundaries of the universe. This is his skill. Yeah, or? like he can see everything in your mind because he's you know like huge dark side guy. You know, he's a dark side master, so he can see all that shit. And then he just gets taken away with he just gets taken out with a chump shot. Like didn't yeah, see that he, coming, huh? Oh, here's this lightsaber resting right here. Oh, oh, don't even see it getting pointed at me. Like, activates, cleaves him in half. Yeah. What was his point? He literally had no point in that whole, except for maybe he drove Kylo Ren to the dark side. But uh, according to the backstory, which even, that was retarded too. Luke just looks at his nephew like, oh yeah, and then I decided I was going to kill him. Then I decided, no, I wasn't. Like how, that's not very Jedi, Luke. So your real your your issues with it are how it follows the storyline. Really, the the ingredients of the story in terms of how they oh it's shit. pan out towards the end. Those were your core problems. Yeah, okay. and and then they 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 press you with these questions that you think are going to be big questions, like who was Snoke, who raised, and then they either don't answer them or just give you sort of throwaway answers. And then I don't mind that they create more questions. Did our characters really go on any sort of journey? Were they better at the end? Like Ray's got to be one of the most like boring heroes ever. She what, what what's her weakness? She's an orphan. So what? She's already come to terms with that. I loved everything in the uh, the beginning when they launched her. Yeah. In the Force Awakens. Yeah. I love that she was a scavenger. I love seeing all those ships, you know, that had crashed into the surface and you were kind of revisiting something familiar. Yeah. They started off on the right foot. But the moment you took the helmet off, first of all, I didn't like Kylo Ren when I first met him. I didn't. Neither did I. When I saw, when I saw the character was built and particularly sort of how he was put together. Yeah. There was something very weak about the character. Yeah. Then when I saw Adam Driver was playing him, there's something to be said about the actor fitting the part. Do you know who Christopher Waltz is? No. He played the Nazi in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all you have to say. He stole the show. He's amazing, right? Yeah. He was... Uh, I saw him on an, an episodes of... Comedians in cars getting coffee. It's the Seinfeld that thing. Seinfeld does on yeah. Netflix. And he said that uh, there aren't bad actors. They're just actors 
poorly cast. I agree with that. Because, if, you know, depending on your style, you're probably the perfect fit for the perfect role. Right. I mean, when I acted, I turned down roles because I was like, if I do this role, this role is not for me. If I do this role, I'm going to suck in it. And people are going to think I suck. So I would turn down roles. I would argue that Adam Driver is the wrong. He's not just the wrong actor, but he's, it's the, the, the character is wrong for the movie anyway. Right. There's nothing about him that scares me. There's nothing about him that's got a dark side that is compelling to me. With the nature, like Luke Skywalker, yeah, Kylo rocks in front of you, and don't you chuckle a little bit? Like, <laughs> yeah, where's the boy band, dude? <laughs> like, you know, he's just there's nothing about him. You know, yeah. one of the things about characters that are evil is they have many, they they have a lot of dimension. Right. And what was his dimension? He saw his uncle standing over him with a lightsaber activated. He's just pissed all the time. He's a spoiled child who's just yeah. pissed all the time. Yep. Yeah. No. He's got some Anakin in him. He's definitely got some Anakin in him. Then that's, that's why Anakin wasn't an appealing character. You know, he was just like a pissy little emo boy. All of those characters that have been homogenized so that you could bring your six-year-old. Yeah. Are a mistake. It's a mistake to take a property like Star Wars, try to make it extremely family friendly, and then try to produce it at a pace where you're filling it with CGI. And then all of a sudden... All the heart and soul of the movie fades. Yeah. You see the computers. You see the pretty kids that aren't real good actors. You see poor scripts. There's just, I mean, how much fan fiction is there out there for Star Wars that they could have easily picked from? Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. Easily. But, you know, well, we got to have our licensed writers do it. But, I mean, that scene in the casino, perfect example. Once again, like Snow, what, what purpose did that casino scene do? Other than to just show off, here's some CGI where they're racing through the casino on those horse things. Yeah, they look like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, And then what was the whole point of that? Other than to just like, it was like PETA, like sponsored that segment, you know, like it was just sort of like an animal rights PSA, like, oh, the animals shouldn't be locked up. So let's set them free. Oh, in the meanwhile, though, we're going to leave the slave kids behind. Yeah, they go to a... And then they make Chewie a fucking vegan. I think PETA. I think PETA had some money in this. Because then they made Chewie. Remember Chewie was eating one of the porgs on the island? And then it's all like, looking at him with like the big eyes. And then like, so like he doesn't eat meat again. There was a lot of... PETA. Unnecessary missing continuity to the entire film. Yes. And it many, many... One step forward was two steps back constantly. Yes. Um, John Boyega, who plays Finn. Yeah. That character took a step backwards. So I tell people that I don't like him casting the role and I'm immediately labeled that it's because he's black. Right. And that's not the problem at all. My problem with many of these characters, whether it's why they're, how they're edited, how they're cast, or, you know, maybe even just the script itself. We never, I mean, he's an ex stormtrooper. Right. I mean, how many layers are there to being a traitor, to having seen some dark shit, to now going to work for the other side? I mean, 
Finn's given a lot of tools to act from, and you never really see those things pulled from. We just get to see another female heroine where her male counterpart, there now has to be some attraction to because she can't stand on her own because we, you know, we got to have a love story all the time or some sort of sexual tension. I just, it's weak. It's, they're weakly written. And I, I find entertainment mostly in the visuals and the familiarity of it all. But they, they lose me if I really sit down and say, well, you know, what did what, I get from this? Yeah. Each scene, you're just like, it worked, but it really doesn't. We're not moving the ball forward at all here. No. Literally, I feel like the ball stayed at the same yard line at the beginning of the movie as it did at the end. We might even lost a couple of yards. Um you definitely uh, lost yards. I mean, Ray, Ray, what was Ray's journey? What is Ray's journey? They, I don't they think brought she, all those storylines to a conclusion. She, dude. She's not any more advanced or, and you know, she, how much of a waste of time was our time with Luke Skywalker on the, on the Jedi island. island? Yeah. And then, Oh, just so Yoda can appear and burn down a tree. It was, yeah. she went there searching to become a better Jedi. He doesn't want to be a Jedi. He's put in a situation where you can tell like the actor, Mark Hamill doesn't like the script. Yeah. I think, well, I think he openly protested it. It's, he definitely didn't want Luke to die. It was a fool. Of, he yeah. didn't like it. Now, yep. did, did Luke die? Yeah. Luke died. He fights in the end. Does he, does he, and lose? he just dies. No, I thought it was a projection. It was a force projecting, but then, you know, you see him and he's like, you know, you know, he's doing it, he's meditating and then just like Yoda, you know, he just goes in with the force and like Obi-Wan and you see his robe fly off. Oh, I thought that was another. No, that's um, Luke. Luke's dead. Luke's dead. He definitely didn't get behind the role. Let's just say that. And I can't blame him. I mean, the reason this guy goes to the dark side, oh, Luke decided like he was going to kill his nephew. Then his nephew wakes up at the last, you know, at the wrong moment, right before like Luke was going to put his lightsaber down and go, oh, you know, I was wrong. And then so then, you know, you see, instead of like talking about it, being like, "Uh, uncle, what the fuck are you doing? Then he just like tears down a wall with the floor. I don't know. Tears down a building with the force. And so that's why Kylo's all salty. Who wrote this? I think Ryan Johnson had like exclusive, like they just gave him carte blanche with it. Ryan Johnson and George Lucas based on characters created by him. So he wrote this. Yeah. And now they've given him the keys gave him, to the next one. They get No, no. Uh, they took the keys away from him. I don't know. It says right here on IMDb that he's got the keys back. See, they took a, first they took the keys away from Trevorrow, the guy that did Jurassic, whatever that last one was, mm-hmm. uh, the shitty one. And so they took the keys away from him. They gave the keys to Johnson. Then they took the keys away from Johnson and said Abrams was going to do it. That was the last I heard. This dude's directing credits go from Brick in 2005, The Brothers Bloom in 2008, Looper in 2012, a couple Breaking Bad, literally a couple Breaking Bad episodes, and then he lands Star Wars. Yeah. Who owes this guy fucking money? Is he lying or covering up a death? How is he qualified to take on the franchise? I don't know, man. I, I, I would have sooner seen Kevin Smith direct it or uh, a a Tarantino, you know, he has 10 writing credits. If I look at his, the shit he's written, nothing in here stands out to give you the keys to star Wars. Yeah. None of it. And it says right here under him, 
Uh, Star Wars trilogy episode one, two, three, all announced with him as director and writer. See, it could be a shit show. Yeah. And here's my thing. I don't want to be that quote unquote old guy who's just bitching, you know, hashtag not my Star Wars, not my Star Wars, but uh, I'm going to defend you right now. I'm going to defend you and I'm going to defend you through questions. Okay. Critics have the tomato meter at 90% for this. Yeah, but then the fans skew it way the fuck back. 49. Yeah. The majority of the fans that saw Star Wars did not like it. Yep. I've not seen disparity quite like this. I've seen critics shit on something and fans be more up on it. Yeah. But usually not critics up on it. And oh, they're fans getting paid from like it. They're getting paid by Disney. It's to got, write yeah. Or, yeah or, or it's it's vaunted in some way where, yeah. hey, you want to keep getting into Disney it, movies? You better uh, write us a good one. Such bullshit. Yeah. I So here's my thing. And they hit you over the head with this throughout the entire movie specifically with Kylo Ren's character, which is out with the old, in with the new. Out with the old, in with the new. Out with the old, in with the new. Well, guess what? The old is what built this for you. It's the drama. It's, it's pageantry. Yeah, it's okay. So you want to do, okay, you want out with the old, in with the new, then write a new, th- George Lucas did this thing back in 1977. He wrote this new thing for a generation of people coming up. If you want to do some write a new thing. But if you're going to make Star Wars, you need to make Star Wars. You need to speak to your audience. They have so many things to pick from. You know, you you can do so many things. Give the Star Wars people their fucking Star Wars. You know, they're going to, and if you give it to them, they're going to get their kids into it anyway. If you want to do something new, then do something fucking new. Don't do it within Star Wars. They're never going to listen to us, dude. No. I, I heard that they've now surpassed what they paid Lucas for the film, and it's gone into the green. Oh, yeah. They're like, or black. They're way into the black. The black, yeah. I'm confident that our cries are antiquated. Oh, it, just a, a tear in the ocean. So final score, given story and your immediate reaction. Well, seeing as it has no, it has little replay value for me. Four. I think I'm with you. I'm at the four or five range right yeah. there. I'd say it's a, a, a so that, now if you worked on this movie and you know, I should be so verbose to say that maybe you're listening to our little shitty podcast, which you could probably tear apart as well. Many, many, many parts of the technical sides of this were amazing. Yeah. Artwork. It was and beautiful. CGI looking. and Ooh, oh, know. the CG was way better. And they're doing it more organically than they did with the the prequels. So it looks better. It does look a hell of a lot better. I mean, like I said, that fight in the throne room or whatever you call it, the red room fight. Yep. Awesome. I mean, I'm sure Night Squire could tear apart the uh, choreography on it. Yeah. But, uh, could have all the spinning <laughs> and turning the back to them. And, <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, the, you know, like going back to the root of this was not, was not the work that everybody put into this. That's, that's yeah. not, you know, even the actors and actresses, you, you can look at Adam driver or, um, but is it boy, Goya, Biego uh, or Boyega, Boyega, Boyega. Um, everyone I would say, except for Mark Hamill, not to shit on Mark Hamill, what I thought had, a, had, a had put the work in and, and done what they could do with the best of their abilities. But the script was shit. Whoever did casting ought to have their ass kicked. 
And uh, I didn't find the direction was very good because we spent not enough time in important places, a lot of time where we didn't need to be at all, yeah. and not enough time really developing. No one developed except for maybe the pilot. Who do you hate coming out of this? No one. Nobody but yourself for but, going. Yeah. And then, I mean, really the only character that went through an arc was arguably the pilot. Who's oh. the crimson, the 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 chromed out stormtrooper? Oh, the 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 the, the that uh, Brianna Tarth plays yeah. Phasma. Is that the name of the Captain Phasma? Captain Phasma was the only intriguing character that really grew from one show to the next. Really, I didn't think so. I just thought it was like a shiny tin tin can I, walking I, around. I'm just saying when I look at the two. Okay, I see, thought it was me, cool to see Carrie Fisher see, posthumously as well. Yeah. For me, it was the pilot. He was the only one that really had an arc where he was like, Hey man, victory at any cost. And then, I liked him. He and was, then, he was properly cast. He was properly cast. He was supposed to die in the originals, but he did such a good job. They're like, eh, we're not going to kill you. We're yeah. going to bring you back. And he's the only character that received a story arc in mm-hmm. this one. He goes from being sort of a brash hothead to like learning what it means to command. And he learns that through Carrie, Princess Leia, mm-hmm. who, Disney just couldn't keep the fucking couldn't keep their meat hooks off of it. They had to make her into a Disney princess. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? She got the Disney princess treatment during the what? When she gets killed and then comes back to life and uses the force to pull her back in. And it was like, Oh, and she was all like, I guess I didn't put those two things together, but yeah. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She had her big glowing, Disney princess moment. Well, we wrecked yet another American icon. I feel like we stretched this episode pretty, pretty nicely for, for a comeback. How yeah. about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling all right with that. I, Dolores Reardon, um, I'm sorry. You were, you were a great songwriter, a great singer. <laughs> we shit all over you. We're sorry. We're really sorry. Well, I was James Hamilton. I was Travis McFalls. Thanks for listening. Why don't you follow us on Twitter at When Life Attacks or Facebook When Life Attacks Podcast. Or you can look directly at our blog, which is whenlifeattackspodcast.com. Vikings at their own 39. It's third down. Three receivers right, feel, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Take it into the end zone. Look at the Vikings so coaches. This is Go just right an absolute.